Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Well, um, before I start the actual sermon, let me just say how wonderful it is to be back. I mean, you can't even know how wonderful it is, except all of you watching out there, you're going to be experiencing at some point, as soon as possible, what I'm experiencing at this moment, which is just the the joy of, of, of being back here. Um, as some of you know, I, I live up in Massachusetts, and uh, my plan for the next few weeks is to come down on Sundays um, and go home afterwards, and I can come down during the week uh, to lend a hand with Ben uh, as need be. But it's just, uh, from where I live, it's just a little over a two-hour drive if I speed just a teeny little bit. Um, so it's really not bad uh, at all. I just want to say, and you all know this, what an incredible job everyone here has been doing. It's just Jacob and Ben and Camel and Chelsea and Brittany and Matt and Karen and Scott and Melina and Mari and Kristen and Martha. And as for those acolytes that we've had these weeks, Sophia and Henry and Lucas. And then to top it all off, I hope this past week, the Creative Arts Camp I mean, this needs to go to Hollywood, and we ought to make about a million dollars on Creative Arts Camp. It was incredible. Matt and Chelsea and Melina, we are so grateful. So I just want to say I can't wait for all of us to, we'll all be vaccinated, we'll be here, we'll be hugging, and it's not going to be the same as before because the Lord's got something in mind with all this. It's going to be something new, but together it's going to be just Uh, wonderful. And of course, most of all, the last word is that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is just as real at this second for me and where you are uh, as it is, will be when we're all together. So uh, with all this, um, let me uh, start by saying that um, recently I met a fella um, who was in tough shape. He was my age, but he looked a whole lot older. Uh, he used a walker to get around, he was almost blind, and he was deaf in one ear. And he told me that all of those problems were caused in part uh, by Agent Orange. And that defined him as a Vietnam veteran. So, when I told him that I'd also been in Vietnam, he said to me just two words. He just said, welcome home. And those two words have become Over the years, something of a password. When one Vietnam veteran greets another, he or she will tend to say, Welcome home. And the energy behind that greeting is the reality that when Vietnam veterans first came home some 50 years ago, there was not much of a welcome. So I tell you about this fella because being welcomed home is at the heart of our worship this morning and especially in today's gospel. The word welcome appears in today's gospel six times, and it's only three verses long. Let me just look at it with you for a second. Jesus is talking with his disciples, and he starts by saying to them, if anyone welcomes you, it's really like they're welcoming me. And then he expands it, and he says, and if anyone welcomes me, it's really like they're welcoming my Father who sent me. Then he expands on this theme some more. He says, 
if you offer a welcome uh, to a prophet, you really are a prophet yourself. And if you welcome a righteous person, you really are a righteous person yourself. Well, uh, let me just pause here for a second. Uh, I don't know about you, but a lot of the time, I don't feel like much of a prophet. Uh, I really need people to like me. If there's one person in Dubuque, Iowa, who's a little iffy about me, I'm dropping everything to fly to Dubuque to get that person to like me. And that means holding off sometimes on saying a prophetic word about the truth of something. And as for being a righteous person, well, let me just tell you, earlier this week, um, I was working on this sermon, and I'd gotten to exactly this point in the sermon uh, when my phone rang. And I said hello with a little irritation in my voice, and I told the caller that actually uh, I was pretty busy doing the Lord's work. Thank you very much. Um, and I really needed to not be disturbed. And the person said, oh, I, I, I'm sorry, I apologize. I just wanted to ask you to pray for a friend of mine who's been in a terrible accident. Can I repeat? I don't feel much like a righteous person a lot of the time. But then, thankfully, we come to the last uh, verse in today's gospel. Jesus says to the disciples, if you welcome a little one with a cup of cold water, then you really are a little one yourself. And now, finally, this is where I can get on board. Because when Jesus says little ones, he's referring to people who are afraid to be prophets. When he says little ones, he's referring to those who know themselves as not very righteous. When he says little ones, he's referring to those who are thirsty. Thirsty in all sorts of ways and who need a cup of water. And it's to these little thirsty ones especially that Jesus says, welcome home. And it is all over the Bible. You remember that famous parable that Jesus tells, what does the father say to the prodigal son, that unprophetic, unrighteous prodigal son? He says, in effect, welcome home. And not just with a handshake, uh, that's with a bear hug and a fatted calf. What about Jesus himself? What does Jesus say to the woman who's been taken in adultery and who's about to be stoned? He says to her, in effect, welcome home. What does Jesus say to that Samaritan woman at the well, that woman uh, who had five husbands and who now uh, just has a friend with privileges? This woman who's been rejected by the Israelites because she's a Samaritan. She's even been rejected by the other women in her village. Jesus gives her a cup of living water and says to her, in effect, welcome home. What does Jesus say to that boy with the unclean spirit, those spirit that caused him to throw himself into the fire? Jesus says to him, in effect, welcome home and gets rid of those spirits. What does Jesus say to that fat little man, that Jewish tax collector who was collecting taxes from his own people to give to the hated Romans and skimming off the top of it for himself. He says to Zacchaeus, in effect, welcome home and has lunch at his house. What does Jesus say to that woman who's had an issue of blood for 12 years? He says to her, in effect, welcome home, and he heals her.
What does Jesus say to that man who's been sick for 38 years and he's been ignored all that time by all the other people at the pool of Bethesda? Jesus picks him up in his arms, carries him into the pool. The man is healed. And Jesus says to him, in effect, welcome home. What does Jesus say to Peter? What does Jesus say to good old talk like a rock, act like a sandpile Peter? What does Jesus say to this friend who denies him three times at the exact moment Jesus needs him more than ever? After the resurrection, the two of them are walking along a beach on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus turns to this idiot and says, welcome home to my love. And finally, and don't tell Jacob if this is bad theology, but when Jesus gets back up to heaven after the ascension, maybe he meets Judas standing outside the pearly gates. And maybe, I'm just saying, maybe, Jesus says even to Judas, welcome home. Well, I want to close with a little story, but before I do, I just want to say where this welcome home comes from. The foundation and the source and the energy and the freedom for you and me to hear the Lord Jesus saying to us, welcome home. Up in Massachusetts where I live, um, a priest named Karen died two weeks ago. Karen was just 48 years old. She was a great pastor and she died completely unexpectedly uh, in her sleep from an embolism. But a few weeks before she died, Karen was preaching at a friend's ordination. And in her sermon, Karen said this, Dead is what God works best with. Dead in our trespasses. Dead in our hopes. Dead in our spirits. Dead in our dreams. Dead in our bodies. Every person in the Bible that I've mentioned in this sermon knows all about what Karen is talking about. And I do too. A million years ago, when I was uh, trying to quit smoking, I had just failed for what felt like the thousandth time. And a dear Christian friend said to me, Jim, I really believe if you just try harder to bring this to the Lord in prayer, you will be able to stop. If you just really mean it a little more when you pray, you will get the strength. And my response to that dear Christian friend was to say, you know, I have really tried. I guess I just am pathetic at praying. And you know what? The hell with it. I'm going to go smoke another extra pack. Then another dear Christian friend said to me, Jim, I really love you. And a year from now, if you're still trying to quit smoking, or if you've just completely given up, I will still love you. And what was my response to that? I didn't say, hey, if my friend's going to love me like that, then I'm just going to relax and have a great time smoking. My response was to think, if I am loved like that, just as I am this filthy, rotten smoker, then I think I'm going to try again to quit. Or, as a wonderful preacher named Tullian Chavidjan puts it, God attaches no strings to his love. None. His love for us does not depend on our loveliness. 
it goes one way. As far as our sin may extend, the grace of our Father extends further. So that leads me to this last little story. It's actually one I've told a few years ago, but it really fits in right here. And it concerns a Christian author uh, named Keith Miller. Keith Miller taught a Sunday school class at his church. It was one of those classes in a big church attended by hundreds of people. And one weekday, Keith went to a factory uh, to visit uh, a man who was in that class. And they were having lunch in the factory uh, lunchroom. And while they were talking, a woman named Susan came up to the table, introduced herself to Keith. And she said that Keith didn't know her, but that she had been attending his class and sitting in the back row. And after a few minutes, the woman said, I really believe you have found hope in your faith. And I would honestly like to make a beginning commitment of my life to Christ. But I can't do it. And Keith asked, why not? And the woman said, because I've got a personal problem that I just cannot seem to resolve. And she was biting her lips and she was twisting a little white napkin into a small bulky square. So Keith said to her, but that's why Christianity is called good news. All I can do is accept his love and grace. But, Susan said, I don't feel acceptable until I whip this problem. And Keith then said, listen, Susan, the old song doesn't say just as I am when I whip my major problem. It says just as I am without one plea. So she looked at Keith and she said, do you really believe that? And Keith said, I'd bet my life on it. And she paused for a moment and then she said, all right, I'm committing adultery every Thursday evening with a man who has a wife and several children and I cannot quit even though I want to. And then she said to Keith, now, can I come into your Christian family? So Keith just stared at her, and he wondered for a minute if he could just maybe ask her to cut back to every other week or something. <laughs> but then she, he, he realized that this woman had nailed him with her honesty. She was at the end of her rope. She did not have the strength to quit. As that priest Karen would have put it up in Massachusetts, she was dead. And yet it was her weakness that brought her to this point in the first place. So Keith thought about Jesus and what Jesus would have done, and then he looked up and said to Susan, Of course you can, just as you are. You are welcome, just as you are. And next Thursday, if you find you can't help meeting this fella, Take Jesus with you and ask him for his strength, his help, to make a change. Keith doesn't say what happened to that woman. He simply ends the story with these words. Susan stepped across the line and entered into God's grace. Which is to say, in the middle of that factory lunchroom, Jesus said to Susan, Welcome home. And which is to say, in the middle of the pandemic and racial injustice and being at the end of our ropes, 
and being dead in the middle of whatever's going on in your life right now. The crucified and risen Lord Jesus is saying to you and to me at this very moment, welcome home. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.